On Tuesday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced that the legislative body is opening a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden. The inquiry is comically late, as evidence of Biden's rampant corruption has been readily available for years, but it's nice when Republicans at least pretend to fight the left. The inquiry is very unlikely to go anywhere despite Biden's obvious guilt, and if the GOP were any form of serious political opposition, they would be using their formal power of the purse to defund the administration's partisan and malicious abuse of agencies like the FBI. While impotent half-measures from Republican leadership are unsurprising, the far more interesting aspect of this news cycle was the response from the left and its media lickspittles. Not long after McCarthy announced the impeachment inquiry, the White House rushed out a memo to the press instructing them to increase the scrutiny that they were applying to the charges. The amazing thing was watching how quickly and blatantly the press complied with the order in real time. After the memo's release, media outlets reported on these instructions from the Biden administration as if they were breaking news. Outlets like CNN, NBC, and Axios dutifully echoed the sentiments of the letter from the White House while reporting on it. Politico's Heidi Prisbala followed her announcement of the memo's existence with a Twitter thread that fact-checked the claims of the inquiry, just as the President of the United States had ordered her to do. Neoconservative and Trump derangement syndrome patient David Frump eagerly retweeted the thread. Not to be outdone, CNN, despite having just revealed that the White House had ordered them to attack the impeachment inquiry, produced their own fact check to comply with the demands of the regime. There's a good argument to be had over whether a free press ever really held government power in check, but today that assertion is beyond laughable. In 2019, I learned about the political theorist Curtis Yarvin and his concept of the cathedral, which is a way to model the decentralized network of prestige, influence, and information that drives the political will of our current regime. Since then, I've dedicated a large amount of time to explaining how that system works and how the right can use that model to understand the manner in which power is wielded. In Yarvin's model, power does not reside primarily in the formal organs of government, but instead in the story that informs the values of our ruling class. University is the core formative experience that all of our ruling elites share, and those prestigious schools shape the morality and worldview of every person who enters the halls of power. Journalists don't see themselves as neutral arbiters of truth, but instead as zealous crusaders against injustice that reinforce the narrative they learned in university with every stroke of the pen. The functionaries that fill government bureaucracies don't see themselves as servants of the average voter, but instead as transformative agents whose purpose is to engineer the deplorables of red America into compliant progressive cultists. The university grads that populate the management of every Fortune 500 company don't see themselves as businessmen, but as representatives for racial justice and equity. This shared value system means that while there is no formal government propaganda apparatus in the United States, all of the country's major institutions, both public and private, end up pursuing the same goals and spouting the same platitudes. While this distributed network of influence was less efficient than an explicit organ of state propaganda, it had some distinct advantages. Change was slower, but it also felt more organic. 
people were more likely to feel that social attitudes, which were being pushed from on high, were actually emergent from the shifting tastes of the popular will. Hey guys, like most of you, I have fond memories of waking up at the crack of dawn, excited to watch all the Saturday morning cartoons. Mom didn't want to wake up that early on Saturday, so that meant that we got to pour a bowl of our favorite cereal for breakfast. They tasted great, but of course, they're full of sugar, and they're not that healthy, which is why it was a treat. But now Magic Spoon has an alternative to that cereal you love that has zero sugar but still tastes great. There's a bunch of different flavors, but they have a nice variety pack to get you started with cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. The variety pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs per serving, and each serving is only 140 calories. The cereal checks a lot of boxes for people because it's high protein, has zero sugar, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. You might be skeptical about sugarless high-protein cereal, but I can tell you it actually tastes great. Peanut butter was my personal favorite, but my wife and the little guy were big fans of the fruity flavor, and they both really like cereal, so it's nice to have a no-sugar, high-protein option. So go to magicspoon.com slash Orin to grab your variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use the promo code Orin at checkout to save $5 off your first order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com slash Orin and use the code Orin to save $5. Maintaining this kind of soft power is very difficult, requiring a high degree of skill and subtlety, but it's also proven far more resilient than more direct methods of propaganda. In a system where popular sovereignty is the only acceptable legitimating mechanism of government power, control of public opinion is key. The left's hegemony over mass media and education provided all of the tools necessary to insert ideas into the popular consciousness and wait patiently, nudging and prodding when necessary, until people believed that this was what they really wanted all along. Manufacturing consent without setting off the alarm bells of the populace can be a delicate balancing act, but if the ruling class can pull it off, they have one of the most stable power structures ever conceived. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. While detailing this system has been a major focus of my work, it also seems to have been a bit of a waste because the regime has decided to throw it in the trash bin. There is nothing subtle or delicate about the White House handing out explicit marching orders in public and the press falling over each other to see who could comply first. No one needs a complicated theory of decentralized coordination when the elites are just announcing their collusion in public. Now, to be clear, there's still some value in understanding how the old system worked. There are still many ideas and attitudes that the elite attempt to pass through their soft power network which the right should be on guard against. Also, the flow of power is not as obvious as it may seem. 
The press gives the Biden administration orders just as, if not more often, than the White House gives orders to journalists. What has become blindingly obvious, however, is that the ability of our elites to wield soft power is failing, and that they have in many cases stopped going through the motions entirely. There are a number of different factors contributing to the collapse of total narrative control by our ruling elite. The internet, while granting our evil overlords all kinds of terrible tools, is fundamentally an agent of decentralization. It breaks the monopoly of mass media that was once held by a tightly controlled network of television stations, news broadcasts, movie studios, and newspapers. While opposing voices are regularly banned from major platforms, new dissident voices and outlets seem to emerge twice as quickly as they can be silenced. Despite the ludicrous amount of censorship that is regularly applied in venues like Twitter, the truth has a nasty habit of getting out. Another issue is simply the rapidly declining quality of our ruling elite. Subtlety, nuance, and patience are key factors necessary to the maintenance of soft power. The legitimacy of institutions, experts, and narratives must be accumulated slowly and guarded carefully. Soft power is wielded by the sophisticated elite with a high degree of self-control, not the irate toddler who wishes to crush their enemies tomorrow. But our system has selected for conformity and compliance, not for intellect or discipline. Progressives have always been deconstructionists, but at least they used to produce thought-provoking works of art. Now all they are capable of is endless social justice sermons masquerading as comic book movie sequels. Our elites have managed to degenerate to unthinkable depths while simultaneously becoming more confident about their right to rule than any group in history. It's no wonder that they've gotten sloppy and obvious. We are in a very interesting moment when a ruling elite that used to rely on the subtlety and finesse of soft power becomes entirely incapable of operating the system their more talented predecessors created. We have lived our lives watching a show, a pantomime of a political process put on by those who sought to hide the real exercise of power. This is a scary thing to realize, but it also creates opportunities that didn't previously exist. The comforting fictions of a free press that holds politicians accountable or a public-private distinction that limits government power simply cannot survive what has become blindingly obvious due to the incompetence of our leaders. While our elites will continue to put on the show for a while longer, their narrative control is slipping. And that creates new opportunities, both great and terrible, for the future. Thanks for watching, guys. If you enjoyed this video, go ahead and click like. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, now is a great time to do so. If you'd like to get these broadcasts as podcasts, make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to The Oren McIntyre Show on your favorite podcast platform. And when you do, please leave a rating or review. That really helps with all the algorithm magic. And of course, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter or Gab or Substack, if you'd like to watch these videos on Rumble or Odyssey, the links to do all of that are down below in the description. And of course, you can watch all of my stuff and read all of my columns over at The Blaze. Thanks for watching, guys. And as always, I'll talk to you next time.